Did you know that each episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast is recorded on video? You can access the video by clicking the episode notes on your podcast player. Scroll to the bottom of the notes and click on the video link. Or just visit the iCore YouTube channel. You're listening to the Digitally Irresistible podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people. Brought to you by iCore. Each episode features someone who sheds a little more light on the ins and outs of delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. And now, here's today's guest. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Today's guest is Jay Bear. Welcome, Jay. Thank you, Bernie. I would prefer to be physically irresistible, but I will settle for digitally irresistible. Thank you. We're, we're going to take that today. Uh, you are physically <laughs> irresistible. I've, 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 had the privilege, I've had the privilege of knowing you for about 10 years now, and I've seen yeah, you physically in person perfect. many, many times. And uh, Jay, you are a seventh generation entrepreneur. I mean, entrepreneurship is in your DNA. And you've also authored six best-selling books on customer experience and digital marketing. I've read only two of them, I admit. Um, you have founded five, five multi-million dollar companies. You're an advisor to some of the world's most iconic brands. And my favorite part, Jay, is that the three words that people use most often to describe you are funny, factual, and fantastic. And while I have witnessed all three of these, I would argue that there is one F word that is missing from that oh, list. Oh, Dude, that this is, will be good. <laughs> that is fashionable. Oh, thank you. Thank you have you. the coolest suits that. I've ever seen a man own. And I think I've seen many of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have a lot of suits. That's true. So Jay, on this episode, I want to unpack the principles in one of your six best-selling mm -hmm. books, specifically hug your haters in it. In the book, you say that 80% of companies say that they deliver exceptional customer service. The problem is only 8% of their customers agree. So before we get into that though, it is customary on this podcast to just let's start with your backstory. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Give us the backstory on who's Jay Bear. Well, thanks again for the opportunity, Bernie. Always delightful to spend a little time with you. Indeed, uh, I am Jay Bear. I started my career in politics. I was a political campaign consultant uh, for a short time, then got into what we would consider to be sort of classic uh, traditional marketing. I uh, did that for a little while and then got involved in digital marketing very, very, very early, all the way back in 1993, when domain names were still free. Uh, and in true story, my partners and I, at my first internet company that I worked at, we registered their domain name, Budweiser.com. And Anheuser-Busch called us and said, we'd like to build the first website ever for Budweiser beer. We'd like the domain name. And so we negotiated and haggled. And we sold Budweiser.com to Anheuser-Busch for 50 cases of beer. 50 cases of beer was the price. Uh, that's how long ago I started in this business. Uh, subsequently, I started a, a, a digital consulting firm, ran that for a few years, sold it, started another one, ran it for 13 years called Convince and Convert, uh, sold that about a year ago. And along the way, uh, started a blog, which became very successful, which spurned a series of books and keynote speeches and 
thousands and thousands of podcast episodes. Uh, and here I am delighted to be here. Yep. Thank you, Jay. Well, again, I've had the privilege of knowing you for, for 10 years, seen you speak many times and got to spend some time with you. And as you mentioned, it's, it's great to spend a little time with you here. Let, let's get into your book, Hug Your Haters, because you know at iCore, we're all about the customer experience. And there's, there's a premise in your book that I want to begin the conversation with. Mm -hmm. And the premise is that to get fewer complaints, for a business to get fewer complaints, we first need to get more complaints. Yeah. It sounds pretty counterintuitive. Why don't you unpack that for us? I actually learned that principle from my friend, Aaron Pepper. And Aaron, at the time I wrote the book, was the head of customer experience, guest relations, et cetera, uh, for a business called La Panquitidienne, which is a chain of bakeries and cafes. Um, they're based in Brussels, but they've got locations in the US as well, um, New York, LA. They had one in Indianapolis, uh, not too far from me for a while. And they're, they're a good outfit. The pandemic hurt them a little bit, but they run a really good business. And she started there. Um, and her very first week on the job, big meeting, hey, everybody come to the conference room executives and meet Aaron. And so she sits down and she says, hey, thanks. Great to be here. Thanks for hiring me. Uh, before we get into it, would you guys like to hear my plan? I'm like, wow, like you just you just got hired. You already have a plan. How is that possible? But yeah, my plan is that we're going to get triple the number of complaints. <laughs> and the CEO is <laughs> like, who hired Aaron? Like, this is crazy. Like, why? What? Triple the number of complaints. And so she said, look, we're, we're a good business. And they all kind of you know, nod and smile. Yeah, we acknowledge that. But we're not the best. And the only way we're going to continue to be better than most of our competitors is, is to make sure that we address everything that bothers our customers. And there's probably some things that our customers don't like that we don't even know about. And so she built in a lot of nudges for feedback, uh, you know, social media, website, signage in the restaurants, trained the cashiers, et cetera, et cetera. And, and basically said, look, we really desperately want to know what you think about your experiences here. And they got three times more complaints, just like she predicted. But Bernie, they found a bunch of things that they didn't even realize they were doing wrong. In mm -hmm. fact, in one of their uh, number one best-selling locations, uh, somebody had made a mistake like a while ago, months ago, and had messed up the formula for lemonade. And they're like known for their lemonade. So they had all these customers unhappy about the lemonade and no one even knew about it, right? So they, they addressed all these problems. And then guess what happened next? Almost all the complaints went away. Wow. And, and ultimately, if you don't know all the things that are bothering your customer, how can you possibly run the best possible business? And so Erin right. taught me that and I built it into the book. And I think she's exactly right. And I teach that principle a lot now that, that to get fewer complaints, you first have to get more complaints. That it really is a two-step process. And, and you've seen this, Bernie. A lot of people will say, well, Jay, we don't get very many complaints. Well, nobody yep. does mathematically, right? The, the the numbers are that only five out of 100 unhappy customers will complain. Five out of 100 unhappy customers. Right. So and you it, talk about, in your book, you talk about there's, I think, onstage and offstage complaints, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yes, definitely. There's and, and that balance of power has shifted a little bit since the book came out. The idea of onstage versus offstage is that there are a portion of customers, it was about 50-50 when the book came out, there's a portion of customers that that will only complain uh, sort of in an analog format, right? They want to talk to a manager or send you an email or back in the day, put a stamp on it and send a complaint letter. Uh, you and I are old enough to remember those days. And then there's a, a group of customers that want to complain 
like in public, not necessarily standing on a table with a megaphone, but they want to, they want to make it in social media. They want to put something on your Facebook wall or a public tweet or nowadays an Instagram comment and and it's partial or, or review on Google, what have you. Um, and it's partially because they want an audience, right? For their own dissatisfaction. They want everybody else to say, oh, that sucks that your quesadilla was bad. You know, they, they kind of want to roll around in the misery. Uh, and and those folks can can be a little bit detrimental to a brand because then people can start to pile on, et cetera, et cetera. i unified desktop technology can neatly bundle multiple applications, tools, and screens into one simple user interface. Launch relevant applications based on agent profiles. Automatically display corresponding scripts and customer interaction history, making it easy to deliver an exceptional customer experience at any scale. Smile with iCore. Learn more at iCore.com. Yeah. Now, Jay, I know you did a lot of research for this book, a lot mm-hmm. of research. So maybe maybe you can share some of those findings and maybe you know put them in, into the context of like the key pillars of what it means to hug your haters. Yeah, it's interesting. We did a huge national study on on customer attitudes around dissatisfaction. And the reason the book is called Hug Your Haters, it wasn't supposed to be called that. And that wasn't even going to be the main advice in the book. Um, What we discovered is that the number one driver of customer satisfaction over the mid and long term is not fixing the problem. It's just answering the complaint. Just responding. Yeah. And and, and of course, this sounds so simplistic. And I I understand that this is like, well, how, why is this even a podcast? That that if you answer complaints, people will like you better. (laughs) This is literally what I'm telling you. Right. But if it was true that all businesses did that every time you wouldn't need me or the book or this episode, but people don't do that. It, it is, it is still right now in 2022. Uh, it is shocking by percentage, how few customer complaints are addressed um, even by the biggest businesses in the world that with the most resources. And the, it's, it's fascinating that if you just answer, don't even have to fix the problem. If you just answer, it will boost advocacy by 40% or so. It yep. varies based on what the complaint is and where it was waged, but but essentially a 40% increase in advocacy. Conversely, but if you don't answer, what does yeah, it do? Well, then, then, then it just makes it worse, right? I mean, look, I, I will guarantee you, everybody uh, tuning in, raise your hand if you've ever complained to a company and didn't hear anything back. Yeah, almost universally yep. true. Yep. It, almost, now keep your hand up if that made you feel better about that business. Right, right. Right? I mean, Shep Hyken, who who you know well, a terrific customer uh, service expert, says that a customer you ignore is a customer you should be prepared to lose. Yep. And he's exactly right about that, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't not answer the phone, at least not uh, ritually, but it's remarkable how often we just say, well, they're unhappy, so I guess we'll replace them with a different customer. Yep. Yep. So then not answering a customer, I think you say in the book that that's really, you really are answering your customer. You're, you're saying that <laughs> we care so little about you that we're just right. going to ignore you. Yeah. 
yeah, the way I say it is no response is a response. Yeah. It's, it's a response that says, we feel like we can replace you less expensively than the time and effort it takes to address this. Yeah. We've now, done the math. When you're delivering this kind of a message, because you do so much work with so many brands and you're having a conversation like this, whether it's maybe not from the stage because you can't have the one-on-one interaction from the stage until later. But when you're sitting down either on a Zoom call or across the room from an executive, what kind of response do you get to this? I mean, do they just nod their head and go, yeah, we need to fix that? Or, I mean, do they push back? Or what, what do you hear from executives? It depends. So sometimes, well, I, let me say this first. Executives sometimes um, lead themselves astray mathematically in terms of how customer satisfaction and customer success is measured. So if you look at a net promoter score, for example, which you know it has its own strengths and weaknesses, but is often used as sort of the key number to measure uh, CX in many organizations. If you have a, a uh, an NPS in the 50s, that's generally speaking really, really good. But that means that generally only seven or eight out of 10 customers would actually recommend. Or people say, well, our customer satisfaction rate is 90%. And they're like, yeah, get out the backpats. Well, if you lined up 10 customers, 10, and one of them are like, I hate you, you wouldn't think of that as a giant success. Right. But when we look at it and, and sort of take those people and and make them a, a metric, you sort of lose sight of the fact that maybe 90% isn't what we're shooting for here. Why isn't it 99 or 100%? So that's part of the problem, Bernie, is, is that I think that the math gets divorced from the reality sometimes. But some executives yeah. really get it. They're like, yes, we sh you're right. We should do this uniformly, universally. Right. But I also see a lot of execs saying, well, Jay, sure, yes, I understand what you're saying conceptually. But in right. the real world, when right. we've got to answer all these customers in all these channels and we're short staffed in the customer success department and we're not sure the software is configured perfectly and we don't know what to say to this one client because maybe this their complaint wasn't true. Like there's always these excuses. Right. Right, right. It's always, and it comes down to resources and that sort of thing. Sure. Now, now, Jay, you are probably best known as a, as a marketing expert. You know, you admitted in the introduction, you started way back in the, uh, the stone ages of 1993. <laughs> True. Why are marketing and customer experience, not just today in 2022, but even in, in more recent years leading up to where we are, why are marketing and customer experience so, you know, peanut butter and jelly like now? Well, I, I think today it's because in almost all enterprise organizations, we've decided that the marketing team is going to own CX. The most recent research from Salesforce indicates that that's true 80% of the time. So in eight out of 10 global enterprise companies, marketing runs customer experience ultimately. So they, they end up being part of the same group, the same line of thinking in most organizations. So that's uh, part of it. Uh, although I wouldn't necessarily suggest that that is a perfect scenario because my observation, having been on both sides, both the marketing side and the CX side, is that most marketers are really good at branding and awareness and new customer acquisition because that is how marketing is taught in many cases. 
A lot of marketers, though, aren't as good at answering complaints and customer satisfaction and customer retention and churn reduction, because historically, that's a different part of the business with a different set of skills and even a different right. educational underpinning. So what I'm starting to see more and more, and, and um, I'm on the board of directors of a company called Experience Dynamic, which is really trying to, to work this out, is trying to help marketers understand truly the totality of the customer journey. Right, that, that if marketing can put the same kind of time, money, effort, thinking, thought leadership around customer retention that they do around customer acquisition, we'll all be better off. And I actually talk about that a lot in Hug Your Haters. Yeah. The other dimension here is that marketing, the marketing tech stack in recent years, as you know, Jay, has gotten extremely complex. Yes. I mean, it's, at a minimum, it's voluminous. And, you know, worst case, it's extremely complex. Add to that CX, and now you've got a CX tech stack, you know, at, at the, the heart of which is interaction analytics to understand what's going on when we interact yep. with our customers, right? You add that into the marketing mix and, you know, you, you've got a recipe for even more complexity. Absolutely. No question about it. Um, it. It also turns out that a lot of the tech stacks that are now being used in sort of customer success, customer retention are owned and powered by the same companies that kind of own the tech stack for customer acquisition, right? So it sort of stands to reason that it becomes unified a little bit. And, and certainly uh, it makes sense intellectually that you should start to manage customer data and therefore customer preferences from the very first time they're on your radar to to the grave, right? Cradle, cradle to grave. And that requires unified technology. Um, and and ideally unifies the same personnel as well, right? That you've got somebody out there, whether they're a chief customer experience officer or some such role, whose job it is to make sure that this customer is satisfied from the first time they hear about the company to the time they quit buying from the company. Yeah. So a holistic understanding of the customer journey. So, you know. Which sounds a lot easier than it actually is in practice. Yes. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Jay, this is a conversation we could easily just carry for an hour, but um, we, we we don't do that on this podcast. So um, <laughs> I'm going to ask you for a closing thought for yes, uh, anyone that's just watching or listening to this concept of, of hug your haters. What mm -hmm. What is the closing thought that you want to leave them with? Well, ha haters are not your problem. Like you're always going to have people complaining about your business. It's true of every business. No, no business is perfect. You're always going to have complaints. But you have to understand that when you address those complaints and do so quickly uh, and and with empathy, you really can turn lemons into lemonade, right? We we treat people who are unhappy as if they are least important customers. But in many cases, I think they're actually our most important customers because we've got to understand, Bernie, that somebody who takes the time to complain is taking their time to complain. Yeah. Yeah. The overwhelming majority of unhappy customers say nothing. They right. just stop giving you money. So if right. somebody's like, you know what? I care enough to tell you what I think you can do better in your business. You should probably listen. You should give them the dignity of a response. And maybe you should make some operational changes as a consequence. And if you yep. do that enough times, you'll probably grow your business as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Well, Jay, we're not done yet. I do have one more oh, question. No. One more question. And that is, it is customary here on the Digitally Irresistible podcast to always want to know when you're not working, what do you like to do for fun? 
Well, I am uh, famously a owner of many plaid suits, as you mentioned earlier. So I do yep. uh, purchase and curate plaid suits. I think I have 16 currently in different uh, shades of uh, of crazy colors. Uh, I am a certified tequila sommelier known as a catador. So I've recently started uh, two different accounts uh, doing tequila teachings on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, and I'm also a certified barbecue judge. So I would say college sports, barbecue, tequila, and plaid suits. How about that? <laughs> and and I've known of all of them. I don't think I've seen all 16 of your suits, uh, but I've seen quite a few of them. And I have seen your TikTok videos and I'm getting an education on tequila. I just a lot wait. Of learning I'm just scratching the surface, baby. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Well, Jay, I want to thank you. I know you've got a crazy, hectic schedule. You travel a lot. You're you're on the speaking circuit, especially now as travel is loosening up quite a bit. So I just want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join me here today on this episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. You know, we've got five other books that you've written, so maybe we'll have you back five more times. Can't promise that, but hey, you know, it's always possible. But My you've pleasure. got so much to share, and uh, I just really want to thank you for that, Jay. Uh, I appreciate the time. Thanks, to everybody, for tuning in. Happy to come back. Uh, appreciate you and the show. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people, delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. Brought to you by iCore. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes.